You're listening to In Country, a podcast covering Marvel Comics, The Nom. Hello and welcome to episode 43 of In Country, a podcast that is taking a complete look at the Marvel Comics series, The Nom. I am your host, Tom Panneries, and I'm continuing to chug along through April 1969 with this issue, which is The Nom number 39. This takes place in April 1969. Our song this time around is Aquarius Let the Sunshine In by The Fifth Dimension. The song itself spent six weeks on the top of the Billboard Hot 100 in the spring of 1969 and was the first medley to ever go number one, being a medley of two songs from the 1967 musical Hair, a musical that is known for celebrating the hippie counterculture and probably known for having its fair share of nudity as well. I don't think we're going to encounter any nudity in this issue because it was a Comics Code approved issue. But the nom number 39 did come out on October 31st, 1989 and was dated mid-December 1989. The cover, which features a young Vietnamese man holding an M16 as he runs away from two tanks yelling, FREEDOM! With the caption, OR DEATH! Was drawn by original nom artist Michael Golden. Our interior credits, though, are credited to Doug Murray, writer, Wayne Van Zandt, Pensler, Jeff Isherwood, inker, Phil Felix, letterer, colorist, Don Daly, editor, and Tom DeFalco was your editor-in-chief. In many ways, the Vietnam War is a civil war. A war of brother against brother, father against son. It is a war in which your best friend also can, unknown to you, be your enemy. An enemy determined to do everything in his power to defeat you. Defeat you any way he can. Physically or psychologically. He knows that if he beats you in your mind, if he forces you to give up, to give in, then he has won much more completely than if he had simply killed you. Our story is family affair, and after the scene I just read where a VC dropped a grenade in a house setting it on fire, we are in the town of Tainin, a few miles away from the headquarters of the 23rd Infantry in April of 1969. Two villagers come upon the house. It's their house. And the son is berating his father for bringing this upon them because his father works for the Americans. His father didn't, says that if he didn't work at the American base, their neighbors would simply find another way to hate them. The father says that the guerrillas fight not out of fervor for a revolution, but for their own, more selfish reason. The son argues ideals, and the father says there's no freedom in fighting for the North, and now they're going to head to the base until they can find a new place to live. The son is annoyed that they have to rely on the Americans for even a roof over their heads, and his father wonders aloud if he'd just simply rather go live in the jungle. 
the son, who decides to go along with his father, says that if he's going to go, he at least has to tell his friend, May. The son runs along the streets of town, thinking to himself about how everything seems to be for sale, and it seems that even his friend May is for sale as the kid runs across Williams, who is soliciting her. A short walk later at the entrance of the camp, they are searched and allowed in with the promise that the son stays out of trouble. The son fumes, thinking about how his father seems to worship the Americans. They walk through the camp and continue to have the same argument with the kid, saying that the Americans are arrogant and the father feeling grateful for the opportunity to feel safe. Shortly thereafter, in the hooch, the guys of the 23rd are having a going-away party for Cruz, and they identify the father as Tran. We learn that the name of the son is Bui. B-U-I. Bui. They offer Tran a beer and tell Bui to relax and have some munchies and a Coke. The guys are all relaxed and their dog steals some M&Ms, which annoys Bui. Roland interrupts the festivities to introduce three new recruits, Arscar Martinez, Howie Carson, and Ron Fuentes. They're all fresh meat. Roland has them grab bunks and the guys invite them to grab a beer. The little party slips back into gear as darkness falls over the base, a darkness that is a signal to others, a signal to lay aside their daytime lives and don their midnight black, the dark garb of the gorilla, ready for another night of activity. A night when they strike again at their hated foes, the men of the 23rd Infantry. Invaders of the Vietnamese homeland, invaders who must be removed from the face of the earth. The VC make their way to the camp and back in the hooch, everyone mingles. Williams walks in and Bui recognizes him. Williams says he was getting out some out getting some cheap and Bui yells, My, May is not cheap. She's not some psycho girl you can. And then he starts yelling at him in Vietnamese. Tran intervenes, telling him not to do this, and Bui explains that me, that Williams had paid May for sex. He yells that he wants to kill him, but he can't, so he leaves. Outside the compound, the VC set up mortars and fire, the impact of which knocks Bui to the ground. The guys snap to action, and Williams makes a remark about Bui having marked them and sold them out. Bui is alive, and Tran tells him to come with him. Meanwhile, Martinez is hit, but says it's just a scratch, and they all get to a bunker. Williams enters the bunker and yells that Bui tipped them off, and he's going to kill him. He begins firing and Tran jumps in front of the bullets and dies. Daniels wants to know why he had to shoot him and Williams yells at him to shut up, saying he was an enemy and they're here to kill them, right? Ice smacks Williams on the head with a shotgun and Bui yells about how Williams killed his father, then grabs a gun and runs out of the bunker, screaming about how this is their country and they should choose who will rule it and not have some foreigners choose it for them. Back in the bunker, Ice admits that Bui is right and to let him find his own way. Cradling Williams' drop rifle, Bui picks his way through the barrage, heading for the main gate and freedom. He's spotted by two U.S. troops who yell his way, but then they're hit by a mortar. Seconds later, as Bui recovers from the shock of the concussion, he says he needs to leave and join his brothers outside. As he stumbles through the gate, Bui Bui sees several VC. He waves and says he's there to join them and help them. They say it's a trick, and they shoot him dead. Sometime later, back at the remains of the platoon hooch, they assess the damages. Williams then starts yelling at Ice about how he hit him and that he's going to bring up some charges. And Ice says, charges, Private Williams? You have witnesses, of course. Williams claims that he has lots of witnesses and everyone there, including the dog, is all, I didn't see anything. Williams walks off in a huff. They then collect Tran's body, and one of the guys asks if they'll send his body home. Ice says he is home, man. This whole blasted country is his home. 
and now we'll bury him here. One of the guys asks, Ice, what about the kid? And Ice replies, I hope he made it. Even if we have to kill him later, he deserves a chance. After all, this is supposed to be a free country. That's why we're here, isn't it? Isn't it? And a little further away, we see Bui's body being dumped into a mass grave. Two things I like about this series are the way that Doug Murray tells simple stories that can take up all 30 pages or so of a comic and how he has a rich, diverse cast. I know it sounds like I'm being deliberately PC by saying this, but Murray's use of people of color throughout the series, beyond just stories that have to do with race relations, gives serious credence to the series. The war was fought by many different people and many different types of people from various socioeconomic backgrounds, although quite a number of the grunts were poor. As for Martinez, Carson Fuentes, I know we don't know the three of them, these new characters we've just met, but I'm hoping that we'll get to know more of them. Wayne Van Zandt and Jeff Isherwood's art is excellent as always, and I have to say that they do an excellent job at rendering the Vietnamese soldiers and citizens as human. Comics is a medium that for years had a less than admirable track record of its portrayal of Asians, especially Asian soldiers, who were fighting against the United States. Granted, that was mostly back in the 1940s during the Second World War, but by the late 1980s, you definitely hoped that that would have changed. And Van Zant and Isherwood are both going for accuracy and personality. Believe it or not, I feel for Tran and Bui, especially Bui because he's an idealistic kid who's angry, and rightfully angry at Williams because of the way Williams was using one of his best friends as a cheap thrill. And of course, in a bit of irony, Bui is killed by his own people because they don't trust that he's actually telling the truth when he says he wants to join them. Murray's been hitting it out of the park with these stories lately. In fact, these have been better this time around. Not that I don't like them, didn't like them the first time I read them, but I feel like I'm—I feel like I've been finding a hidden gem or something in these last few issues. Doug Murray is showing us the various aspects of the war. This time it's the tension among the villagers as they, quote, pick sides in the war. But he's also continuing his narrative. I'm curious to see if anything uh, with Williams does come to a head more than we've already seen, or what else might happen from here on out. But overall, he continues to give us different perspectives while furthering along his own story. And uh, that's hard to do in a comic from this period which did really rely um, when the industry was really relying on individual stories Um, and it would be hard to do today because comics aren't as dense as these are uh, back as these were back then so um, this really is some sophisticated storytelling but very very accessible storytelling and that's what I like about it I'm going to take a break, and when I get back, I'll talk historical context, letters, and ads. You are about to witness history in the making. Hi there, this is Todd from Forgotten Films, and if you spend all your time watching new releases, then you need to broaden your movie horizons. And a great way to do that is by joining me for the Forgotten Filmcast. We don't talk about the new releases, we don't even talk about the classics. We talk about the movies that time forgot. On each episode, I'm joined by another film blogger to discuss a film that may or may not be worth rediscovering. So look for the Forgotten Filmcast on iTunes, Podomatic, and wherever you find great podcasts. There uh, is not much in terms of historical context for 
Um, April of 1969, just to, to let you guys know that by the end of April, 543,400 troops will be serving in Vietnam, and that is peak level for the United States troops in the war. By this time, 33,641 have been killed, and that has surpassed uh, the Korean War. The home front is just as volatile this month. Uh, the Harvard University administration building is seized by close to 300 students. Most members of the Students for a Democratic Society. Before the takeover ends, 45 will be injured and 184 will be arrested. Incoming this month. There were no ad, uh, letters last month, but there are this time around. And we have Rolf Schwab of Reichstadt, West Germany. Uh, he says, I'm German, a comics collector, especially interested in American comics. After all, they're the best comics. He says he's collected Nam since the first issue, uh, since he's interested in realistic war stories. Um, he says, being a German, I understand the incredible damage the Nazis did to my country, how we were twisted as a nation. Fighting them even today in comics like G.I. Joe is working in an, in a noble cause, and the NAM is as well. It deals with the real things war is about, desperation and fear, a fear that is just now dying down. Please keep the good work and please print my address. I would like to correspond with other NAM readers from the USA, perhaps even a Vietnam vet or soldier who was stationed in Germany, and oh yes, make mine marvel. Kevin Smith of Victoria, British Columbia, Canada. I don't think that is the Kevin Smith. Uh, issue 35 impressed him. He says in stark contrast to issue 33. Issue 35 is one of the best war comics I've read for ages. Um, he gives high praise to Wayne Van Zant and uh, that that it was a that it was a really really great issue and i actually tend to agree that 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 van zant's art has really really gotten better over the course of the the run um especially uh when inked by jeff Fisherwood. billy jo- billy hoya or joya hoya from colorado springs colorado says i read way back i read the nom number one and got hooked have been reading it ever since I'm writing in the hope that some guys who served there could get in contact with me. I really like to correspond with them and hear their stories throughout the war. Fortunately, I'm only 16 and know very little about it. So if anyone feels like talking, give me a write. I hope someone gets in touch, Billy. Aren't you near the Air Force Academy? Surely there must be somewhere there to talk to. Give it a try. You might be pleasantly surprised. The Flyboys did get some stuff too, you know. Doug. Sean Goodike asks whatever happened to Ramnerain and and uh Doug mentions that Ramnerain did make get a return appearance in issue 26 and he will return again although not for a little while keep an eye out for him and Eric Koval from Champaign Illinois asks about how he says he enjoys the incomes incoming section he med, read many letters Regarding another issue about the pilot's perspective, what about the helicopter's pilot's perspective? And he says they'll do a helicopter story around issue 44. Nom notes. Okay, troops, more stuff coming your way. APC. Armor personnel carrier. Supposed to be a safe and protected way to get around. Bring some smoke. Raise a ruckus. Shoot everything in sight without with everything you've got. Car 15, a specialized version of the M16 made by Colton usually and used mostly by LRRPs, long-range recon patrols, and some special forces troops. 
EOD, Explosive Ordnance Demolitions. The guys who take care of mines, grenades, and all the stuff that goes boom. Hat out, leave in a hurry. K-Bar, the knife everybody gets issues, sometimes useful. Ville, village, the places where the bulk of the Vietnamese live, generally a cluster of huts built inside a series of rice paddies and dikes. By the farm, got killed and end up in that plot everybody gets. Charlie, or Charles, of course, of the VC. Cyclo girl, the cheapest and most common sort of woman of the night, an, inf- an insult to the Vietnamese. Greenies, new guys, also called FNG, among other things. Hooch, the place where you live. Clicks, kilometers, the standard unit of distance. Stockaded bunk, army way of keeping the bunk clean. The bedding is stripped off and folded on top of the mattress, which is folded in threes. It keeps it neat. And then Doug says, and that's it. Stay with us. Only two moves until our big issue until our big surprise in number 41. One time only, I promise. Also note that Mike Golden is back. He drew this issue's cover and will be doing more in the future. Welcome home, Mike. All right. Our ads this month. We have the Let the Games Begin, Blades of Steel, Double Dribble, and Track and Field 2 ad from Konami. All of which were quality games for the Nintendo Entertainment System. We have the Operation Wolf and Sky Shark ads from Taito. Take no prisoners and strap in for full throttle action. This kid remote kid is still uh, playing his acclaim remote that doesn't work. Um, get all fired up for the adventure of a lifetime. Role-playing action adventure. Password feature. Two speed levels. Highlight. I don't remember. Highlight? I don't remember this game. Um... It kind of looks like it might be kind of a Dragon Warrior type of game. There's no illustration of the actual game graphics. It's a cart. It's a comic book type of drawing, which probably shows that the game isn't really that good. But um, this was around the time that Nintendo was getting more into those sort of role-playing based games. They would come out with the... I want to say they came out with an NES version of Ultima and an NES version of Final Fantasy as well. Uh, Dragon Warrior had four cartridges. Um, I had the first two. Three and four were a pain in the ass to find. We had Nintendo Serial again. Captain O is back! Prizes are cash. Bringing up his O-face. Ask for Penny. When you call and this time around, Pat, I think I'm going to take the Karam Action Game Board. Looks like you shoot marbles, marbles all over the place and they bounce around. All right. And that's if I sell 18 items through the Olympic prize scam. We have bullpen, bullpen bulletins. Art Stan Soapbox, he's saying farewell to Archie Goodwin who's given up his duties at Marvel's Epic Line to take residence for our Kervorton competitors. Um, and he's, Archie would, would, would go over to DC. Uh, most notably, he would... I think I first came... He would, I know he was writing a few things here and there. I know at one point he was overseeing like Armageddon 2001 and within a couple of years, because I think he wrote the first issue of that. Um... But the the role will be filled by Carl Potts, um, and they talk about the the Comics Buyers Guide Fan Awards, um, how Todd McFarlane 
one favorite penciler and favorite favorite color artist. Uncanny X Men was voted favorite comic book. Chris Chris Claremont was uh, voted favorite writer. Uh, so and they say to be fair, our distinguished competitors snatched up quite a few votes themselves, especially for that dark guy with the cape and pointy ears. Congratulations to all the winners. Enough said. Um, we have the uh, great comic, the comic greatest in comic book conventions schedule: Westbury, East Hanover, Mount Laurel, Stamford, Paramus, New York, New Brunswick, Philly, Boston, and Springfield, New Jersey. The big Boston Comic Con on no- November twenty fifth and twenty sixth, nineteen eighty nine. We have a Schwinn ad with a guy holding a Schwinn. Looks like a. BMX type of Schwinn over his head, holding it by the seat and the handlebars. Um, I think I've talked about this ad and how it actually looks more 90s than 80s. Uh, but this is 1989. Um, double zap your zits with Clearasil Double Clear and then go jump in a pool if you want to feel your face burning off. And True Leaders Go By the Book, the Advanced Dungeons and Dragons Dungeon Master's Guide, available in June. One of the many, many TSR ads that were running at the time and were running, um, would run for at least a few years more. I noticed that the majority of ads in the last couple of issues have been Nintendo Entertainment System related ads. And we would be a couple of years, we are at this point a couple of years away from the release of the Super Nintendo. So uh, we'll be seeing where that is going to go in. Hopefully by the end of our of the run of this podcast, because this book ends in about ninety three ninety four. So, but that's it for this episode. Come back next time around. I'm going to have issue forty of the Nam. And until then, thanks for listening and take care. You have been listening to In Country, a podcast that covers Marvel Comics' The Nom. The Nom and all of the comics associated with it are copyright Marvel Comics, and since this podcast is intended for entertainment purposes and I make no money off of it, no infringement is intended. Images, clips, and show notes can be found at Pop Culture Affidavit, which is located at popcultureaffidavit.com. Feedback can be sent by email to popcultureaffidavit at gmail.com. In Country also has a Facebook page, and you can like the podcast at facebook.com slash incountrypodcast. This podcast is a proud member of the Two True Freaks Network of Podcasts, which is a division of the Demanza Corps of Milan, Italy. You can download this podcast and many other great podcasts at twotruefreaks.com. Want to support this and the other Two True Freaks podcasts? Go to twotruefreaks.com and click the Amazon.com link. It costs you no extra money, but really helps us all out. Thank you for listening and come back in two weeks for the next chapter in the saga of The Nom. Yeah!